This week from GNC Week in Review, powered by GeekNewCentral.com. Um, lost my my intro. Oh no! Give me a hold on a second. I'm sorry. I, I just had my po- my uh, my intro and uh, okay. Give me a. I'm sorry. <laughs> you see, you said Scott earlier that this is a, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun. This is going to be a fun. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> let me just go back. I'm sorry. That was my we, fault. I can always I, tell. <laughs> I can always tell when it's going to be a weird show. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, let's start again. All right, this week from GNC Week in Review, powered by geeknewcentral.com. A tweet sold for millions. Comcast is investing in billions, and you can pay a pay in Bitcoin for a Tesla. Those are some of the tech news stories from this week, and it's Friday, March 26, 2021. My name is Kirk Corliss. And I'm Scott Ertz. And this episode 85 of the GNC Week in Review podcast, part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. We are streaming live at gncweekly.com slash live. So please be sure to say hello in chat or in co- or comment. Also be sure to like and subscribe to the GNC WIR channel on YouTube. If you miss a live video, that's okay. You can always catch the replay later. If you are a new listener, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast where you can find the right-hand side column at gncweekly.com, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. If you have a comment, be it on social media or email, and that all can be found at gncweekly.com forward slash connect. So this week's news, a little light news this week, Um, but the big news that uh, pretty much what went crazy uh, over the interwebs and all over the news. Um, just after two weeks, just over two weeks on the market, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey has sold his first tweet as an NFT for the odd number of $2,915,835.45. Now, for those who don't know... 47 what, cents. It's even weirder cents. than that. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, for <laughs> for those who, know, who don't know what NFT is... Um, NFT is called a non-fungible token. It's a digital good that lives on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, it allows you to buy and sell ownership of unique digital items, keep tracks of who owns them using the blockchain. Um, and it contains anything from digital, digital, including drawings, GIFs, or GIFs, depending on what circle you're in, <laughs> songs or items in video games. Um, an NFT can be one of a kind, like a real-life painting or a one copy of many, like trading cards, but the blockchain keeps track of who has ownership of the file. Bids were handled on a platform called Values by Cent that lets people make offers on tweets that are, quote, autographed by the original creators. The bids on on Dorsey's, uh, on his succinct first tweet, um, quote, from March tw- 21st, 2006, quote, just setting up my Twitter, and Twitter is spelled T-W, <clears throat> excuse me, T-W-T-T-R. Uh, this is from March 21st, 2006. It quickly jumped. And Dorsey said he would end the bidding on a tweet's 15th anniversary. According to the timestamp on sent, Esty, uh, excuse me, um, the guy that's, that bought it was named by the name of Sini uh, Estivavi, and I mispronounced his name. I apologize. Um According to the timestamp on sent, Estevai uh, made his final winning bid on Monday afternoon, and according to Reuters, paid the Ether cr- cryptocurrency in amount of what <laughs> in the amount of sixteen thirty point five eight two five six zero one ETH. Uh, Estevai, he's the CEO of blockchain company Bridge Org 
Bridge Oracle told Reuters he was thankful. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is the most, and I know, I know you guys had it on on um, F5 Refresh Psychology last Sunday. Yeah. The, when you when you said what the what uh, WTF <laughs> yeah. on NFT, and this is the most I, oddest thing I've ever I have heard. To, real quick, I have to give credit where credit is due. That came from Terry Willingham, who who was one of our one of our uh, line producers during uh, during CES this year. She came up with that part of the headline, and I said, "Can I steal that?" She said, "Yes." <laughs> so I want to give Terry credit on that. That was that was really funny, and I'm like, I'm taking that. She's good. <laughs> Kudos to Terry. Kudos to Terry. And I was going to use that because you know a lot of the. There's a lot of confusion over what an NFT is, right? It's mm -hmm. because it's not actual. Uh, it's <laughs> it's so confusing. It. <laughs> it's so confusing because it's a certificate of authenticity for right. a thing that you don't exactly own. So right. you you own the certificate of authenticity, mm -hmm. but you have no legal claim to the thing. Right. So so like. The the meme of Nyan Cat sold for five hundred and sixty one thousand dollars or something like that. Mm -hmm. But the person who owns it doesn't own it. It's not right. like they it's not like they have any legal claim to to the meme. Right. I mean, it's a meme, so kind of nobody does. But mm -hmm. <laughs> let's assume that you did. It's not like this person could go and start charging royalties on on shirts at Hot Topic. And right. you know what did mm -hmm. they get for that? The ability right. to say they did, right? The ability to say they did what? Shut up! That, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> the whole the whole thing is so strange. And and um, uh, a friend of the show um, is is big into the the whole blockchain crypto thing. I think maybe at some point. Uh, we might want to have her on. Okay. Uh, maybe she could give us a better like if this if this term sticks around for a little little while. We'll see if we can get Adrian on to give us a better idea of what's going on here. But yeah, you know, there there's a lot of discussion about you know the longevity of it. Is this mm -hmm. is this Pokemon or is this Beanie Babies? And it could be either, right? Uh, Pokemon has been valuable and and you know usable for decades, and Beanie Babies lasted about three years. So, and that would have been my next question. You're way ahead of me, and I and I see great minds think alike. So, this, is this? And also, too, I was also reported because uh, Todd, I put the uh, Todd, I put this in the story in the rundown for with Todd uh, for last night's episode of Geek News Central uh, podcast. There was an NFT that was sold from New York Times for almost over quarter of no, I'm sorry, I'm getting my my uh, my math wrong. Um, it was for five a column, excuse me, for um, five hundred sixty thousand dollars. I mean, so is this going to be like? I have never heard NFT. I heard of blockchain. I heard of a lot of uh, cryptocurrency. I'm aware of, but is this going to be a fad? I mean, this is something that it's going to be like like the thing to purchase and and like you said there's yeah. no so that's odd it's odd. it's it's definitely the question right okay. and mm -hmm. and it was the question when bitcoin first launched right um you know 
is this a fad or uh, does this have legs? Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, when we were at the Bitcoin booth at CES in 2012, maybe 13, but I'm thinking 2012, Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't quite wrap my head around it, but... um, but our former host John did. And John said, this has got legs. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I understand it, looking back at then, I would have said the same thing. Right. Um, I think this is a fad. Okay. I think this one's a fad. I don't think this one has legs. Um, I think, I think this is our current digital gold rush. You know, there's always some sort of a digital gold rush. I think this is the current one mm-hmm. um, because, you know, Christie's all Christie's all Christie's Christie. Yep, it's Christie's. just Christie. Yep. Right. It's, there's no apostrophe S it's just Christie. Right. <sighs> right. That's okay. <laughs> um, I hate it. Why isn't there an apostrophe S it's possessive. Anyway, uh, Christie auction house. Um, yeah. uh, sold. A weird mural. I um collage. I'm sorry. It's a digital collage of five thousand photos of the photographer, one every day for it doesn't matter what it is. Sixty-nine million dollars. Wow. And what did the person get? I don't know. Mm. I I legitimately can't intelligently answer that question because they don't own the painting. Right. They don't own the artwork. Right. <laughs> they right. have a certificate of authenticity that says that that is real. Right. What is real? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's the, and that's the and that's the thing too with uh, with this NFT, they're getting a signed certificate that's digital. So, you can't and you can't put it it's not like a tra- uh, like a baseball like a baseball trading card where right. you can put it in a safe deposit box, safe deposit box or put it on display or, or something. Exactly. You know, Avram made an interesting point on the show last week. Um, He said, you know, it's, it's different than a, and, and, and we decided that we would go with not baseball cards because baseball cards like Pokemon cards have had longevity, right? Way Mm -hmm. more decades and decades and decades. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's go with basketball cards because most people don't know they exist. Right. Uh, Right. Everybody knows about baseball cards. Nobody mm-hmm. knows that there's such a thing as a basketball card mm-hmm. unless you've seen a documentary in which you ca- case you know that there's a basketball card that has a picture of the Menendez brothers after they killed their dad. Weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yep. Anyway, so let's go with a basketball card. So nobody cares. You've still got a thing. Right. I, right. I still have a tube of pogs. Is there value in them? Mm-hmm. No. But I still have a thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. There's, yep. I still have a thing. With this, I don't. I don't have a thing. I yep. have I have a guid, essentially. Mm-hmm. I have a guid. Uh it's a hash of a thing that points to the fact that I own a space in time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a pet uh, rock. <laughs> but but it's still a thing, right? Yep. <laughs> it ha- it has its original packaging, and it has the um, it has the, uh, the when it came in the uh, <laughs> it has the um, the straw, not the straw, but the. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. It was a nest. It was mm-hmm. like it's in it's in a little nest. I wish I got I gotta find it. It's buried somewhere. Um, oh it's 
the small little box and it has the great rock. I still have it to this day. It's a thing. It was a fad. All right. All right. I know what the image for uh for the episode tonight is gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be a pet rock for sure. I have to I have to find okay. I have to find a, an open source image okay. of a pet rock. If somebody okay. who's listening happens to have a pet rock and can send me a photo, the email address is we can review gnc at gmail.com. Or you can there's a on a lower third gncweekend.com slash connect Twitter, um, Facebook, and um, yeah, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, that's it. You yes, can just send perfect. someone. Yep. E- email it over. Yep. <laughs> we'll use it as our as our splash image for tonight. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm about 80 20 on this being a fad. Um, I think this is the digital gold rush. It's the reason why you've got. And I'm not going to lie, a digital gold rush can be fun. I've certainly thought about how we could, what we could do with episodes or articles. I, right. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, I, Alante and I were doing research on how he could sell art this way. Right. I mean, a digital gold rush can be fun, but at some point there are too many people in California and uh, the gold rush is over. <laughs> And I think you know what I should do. I think we we got. I think we have something for a show title. <laughs> so I put in the show title um, for those who are watching on uh, on YouTube. Um, the show title um, is a tweet sold for millions. And what the t- WTF is NFT? So Terry, I'm gonna thank I'm gonna thank you as well because uh, <laughs> I'm gonna use that. I'm using it as well as, as the as the show episode title. Hard so, not to. <laughs> right. So what I'm gonna do, <laughs> you know what? So probably I'm gonna do later in about when we're done done live. I'm going to in, in about a half hour when I, I'm gonna upload the um the audio feed. So if you li- for those who are listening, um you're probably gonna see the title change, maybe. Um, so for those listening later when I publish it in about half well, I'll be we'll be done in about an hour or so. Having a half hour later, I will uh you'll probably see a different title. So on the um on the episode uh, feed and there will definitely be a pet rock one way or another <laughs> right. somebody send me a photo right we're definitely going to work on that when we're done tonight but for me personally i just think it's just not this is going to last for about maybe not that long i don't think this is going to this going to make a this is going to be the the greatest thing since sliced bread it's going to no, no. It, i think it's going to be about a year yeah i think we'll hear about it for about a year and then we won't hear about it again mm-hmm. except in those uh, do you remember this dumb thing from 2020? Right. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be the. It's gonna no. This is here's the, the pet rock. The pet rock of 2021. <laughs> Show title. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. The pet rock. The pet rock of 2021. All right. Cool. The show title. I'm gonna definitely make a note of it. I'll remind myself a little bit later. All right. In other news, so so we're going from odd news <laughs> to good news. Um, Comcast will invest one billion dollars over the next decade to help address the digital divide among among low income Americans. The company announced on Wednesday it's planned to continue investment in its internet essential program as it marks the tenth anniversary of effort of the effort this year. Comcast said it'll put that $1 billion toward a number of initiatives, including supporting its new Lift Zone effort, which establishes Wi-Fi connections in public spaces, such as community centers. These Lift Zones can be used to provide internet access to adults and children who are homeless and may not have permanent access to an address. 
Um, Comcast began opening up these lift zones in cities such as Philadelphia and Chicago in September when many schools and libraries were closed because of the coronavirus pandemic. The company said it expects to connect more than 1,000 community centers nationwide by the end of 2021. Comcast also plans to continue funding its new laptop and computer donations uh, efforts through Internet Central's. It'll also... It also continued to provide grants for nonprofit community organizations to create opportunities to look for low-income Americans, particularly in media, technology, and and, and entrepreneurship. <laughs> wow, tongue-tied, and this is a wacky evening. <laughs> Dave Watson, chief executive officer of Comcast Cable, says in a statement, quote, 10 years and remarkable milestones, significant <laughs> Signifying in an extraordinary amount of work in collaboration with our incredible community partners across the country, today we are rededicating ourselves to this mission to ensure the next generation of students in America has the tools, resources, and abilities they need to succeed in the increasingly digital world. The company also continues to offer 60 days of free internet service to new internet essential customers signing up before June 30th, 2021. Comcast also waiving its requirement through the end of 2021 that people signing up for internet essentials not have previous debt or unpaid bills with the company. And fantastic and fascinating fact that I would it's a I checked on this that they were supposed to offer this because when Comcast uh, merged with Universal, they were supposed to offer a program like this. So um this is good this is good all around now in fairness this program has existed for a while right um and my video has frozen um yes, it has. The, this program has existed for a while um and they are expanding it now of course they're expanding it under pressure uh because they have been under a lot of pressure as of late to uh to do better because mm-hmm. uh, Remember, this is the same company who thought, you know what? Now's the time to bring data caps to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so they, they've they definitely been under pressure, uh, and that's got probably a lot to do with go- what's going on here. Um, so, but whatever. Whatever the reasons are, I don't care. Uh, it's It's a good thing for... For users, so yep. that's good. that's the important part here. Yeah, it is important. It is a good good news all around. All right. Other news this week: um, GeekNewsCentral.com staff writer Jen Thorpe posted that Elon Musk used Twitter to post information that people who love cryptocurrency, speaking of, will probably enjoy. His tweet said, "Quote: You can now buy a Tesla with Bitcoin." In the second tweet, wrote, "Quote: Pay by Bitcoin capability available outside U.S. later this year." CNBC is reporting that Tesla revealed last month that it had bought had bought $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin and that will soon start accepting the world's most popular cryptocurrency as a form of payment. According to CB, according to CNBC, Tesla's electric Tesla's electric vehicles typically cost between $37,990 and $124,000 before tax. The Verge is reporting that according to Tesla's uh, Bitcoin payment terms and conditions. Its cars will continue to be priced in U.S. dollars, and customers who will choose to pay, who choose to, will pay the equivalent value in Bitcoin. Also, according to the Verge, um, Tesla estimates a one hundred dollar deposit paid today equals to zero point zero zero one eight three six five nine BTC. BTC, for example, going back to, <laughs> going back to why, going back to paying a for a tweet. <laughs> 
why would you pay for a Tesla with Bitcoin? Because you already have it. Um, the the thing that's been the big limiting factor on cryptocurrency has been its ability to be used as a currency. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Elon Musk recently put a lot of money into Bitcoin, um, specifically through uh, through Tesla. And so it was kind of expected that a move like this was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously this is a big step in the direction because this is the first time that a really big object um, has truly been available first party uh, in a market um, as uh, via crypto. Mm-hmm. So this is, it, it's, it's a big deal. You know, it, Bitcoin and Ethereum started early on. Mostly you could only buy uh, guns and drugs on the dark web. That was like the big thing. <laughs> and then, because it's not traceable. Uh, so that was real popular until Silk Road went away. And so, you know, we saw the Microsoft store was taking Bitcoin for a while. And then, uh, um, you know, PayPal was doing it for a while. And then it went away. And then it came back. <laughs> mm-hmm now that they've invested in it. So this is the thing that takes it from being a toy or a fad, like we were talking about, to being an actual currency. Now you can actually spend it on things. Um, I think that's going to make the price go up for a while, but then I think it's going to plateau because it's officially a currency. (laughs) You can use it for something that's not illegal guns and drugs. So... But Bitcoin really isn't really like the currency. Well, in the U.S. primarily, but Bitcoin isn't really used isn't prevalent more prevalently used than cash or or credit card or. Oh, no. or... That's because so few places have accepted it, right? Um, and you know the number has gone up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, some places started and then stopped, and then started and then stopped. And, you know. But I, I, we're starting to see some more leveling out. I mean, there are Bitcoin ATMs. There was, mm-hmm. there was one in our hotel when we were, when we were together at the plaza, right? right. Yep. Right. Just next to the pizza place, mm-hmm. there is a Bitcoin vend, uh, vending machine. Yeah, it's kind of that. It's, right. it, it's, it's a Bitcoin ATM. Yep. Um, I saw it. I took a picture of it too. I couldn't believe when I saw it. <laughs> um, and you know, we had talked to. We had talked to somebody from the company that makes those uh, at Collision the year before, and he told us that they, it was going to be at the plaza because mm-hmm. um, we told him that that's where we stay. Um, and so that was pretty cool to see. But, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's a market grow. It, Bitcoin is growing up. It's, it's not a kid's toy and a thing for smugglers. <laughs> I hate to say it, but honest to God, that's what it was. Um, If the Silk Road thing, the fact that the U.S. government has, well, at one point it was it was valued at three hundred and fifty million. I don't. It's way more than that today uh, in Bitcoin that they can't access because it was it was seized as part of the Silk Road seizure. Um, Yeah. If if that didn't solidify that it had started illicitly um i don't know what does but today i mean the idea that you can that you can literally take cash out from your bitcoin wallet at an atm in las vegas mm-hmm. 
it's grown up and Tesla, you can buy a Tesla for less than one coin. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we have a um, right across you from my house. Um, there's uh, there's a uh, Mac machine um, in, or ATM, but um, the other back of the store, they have a Bitcoin machine. And I haven't, beyond, like, again, I only seen that you know, in that store and also the plaza. I haven't seen any other Bitcoin machines elsewhere. But I just noticed that, you know, that, again, a lot of people, you know, when, when paying for things or a currency, again, it's debit, check, cash, that's it. And a lot of people, you know, and we, we all know, you and I know, and like, you know, about the how it works, but there's like the general overall general population, you know, are, are maybe, you know, too gun shy to maybe invest in it or... Sure. Um, or not sure about how it works and, you know, the theft, you know, and how the reliability of it security wise. So it's, and it's not, yeah. it's not because, because what you, what you hear about with, you know, we we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. 55, four, by the way, is the current price on Bitcoin. So you could buy a mid-level Tesla for a single coin right now. Um, you could buy a high end for less than two, uh, but you know, the stories that the general public hear are, you know, this this exchange got hacked and a zillion dollars worth of Bitcoin was stolen or, you know, whatever the number is. Um, now, you know, we've talked on, on F5 Live a number of times about, you know, how you can be safe uh, with your Bitcoin. Uh, we talked at CES this year, actually. We had yep, an interview um, with a company that does cold storage uh, on a thing it was that it was that box that was td in that morning it, it was, was that box oh was it's that? not even that big it's it looks like a credit it's a it looks like like three credit cards stacked on top of each other okay i think um, was, it was probably the other person i can't because i remember seeing it was like a real small little t- like it looked like a tower almost maybe i'm thinking about something else you might be you might be thinking about trova um but anyway so here um Arculus. Uh, it was, it was our. Oh no, they paid to be early. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say it was like our tenth interview. Nope, they paid to be early. Uh, the, the company's Arculus. It looks like a credit card, but it's like three thick. They made it that way specifically um, so that it could go in your wallet and things like that. And it's cold okay. storage for your for your crypto, so okay. that so that it's not in an, in an exchange if it's. If you keep it stored on something like this, and if you're watching, I'm actually I'm pointing at the interview, and I apologize because it's weird. Um, Sorry, because <laughs> there's a picture of it on my screen now. Um, <laughs> if you keep it on something like that, you can't be hacked, right? Because mm-hmm. they'd have to take it from you, and then they'd ha- also have to have your living finger and your phone or something like that. So, okay. <laughs> like, there's biometrics and stuff involved in it. So there's ways to make it secure. And now that we've got stuff like Arculus, mm-hmm. um. And companies are starting to accept it. We're really at that point where it's secure enough to be used by a normal person as a currency. It doesn't just have to be used like a stock or a bond. True. I, I know for me, I'm thinking of the interview that was in 20, uh, 20, 2020, um, not this one, not this year. I um, It was a, um, I was thinking about a different person that would, for that. But yeah, I for me, I I would be. I'm not skeptical. You're but, thinking about the 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 blockchain router. 
that's it. That's the yes. That's the that was that was it. Yep, the guy. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but yes, I again I knew me, we'd get there. Right. <laughs> Slowly but surely. <laughs> um, but but that one we, wasn't crypto related. That was just I, blockchain. That was uh, okay, specifically blockchain. Okay, because I remember you and Chris was talking about it, you know, mm-hmm. when he left and it had something you were talking about tying it into something. And that's where sec- I kind of it was security and all kind there's and that's a cool product. And mm-hmm. uh I think that he's actually out on the market now. Oh, okay. And I remember you were I remember you and Chris were talking about about that, but also you did mention a cryptocurrency at, at some point, you know, yeah, that, remember- that this isn't it. Oh, okay. this is that this is taking advantage of blockchain and he was talking about how he can't run ads on youtube or facebook uh, right. or twitter because they think it's cryptocurrency and so they right. won't, they wouldn't let him do it exactly yep exactly that's what i remember from. i'm yeah. getting my get my uh, blockchain interviews mixed up <laughs> that is okay because we have had a lot of of interview you should be in my shoes and have been at, at collision for a couple of years where every conversation was about blockchain. How does it apply? I don't understand your question. Got it. Oh yeah. By the way, we've got our own token. Why? What? Oh, if you ask them why, Oh, their eyes would get big because they didn't know why because it's popular. Right. Yikes. All right. Yeah. But I was going back to what I was saying. I think that for me, I, yeah, I'm interested. I just, I mean, but I know like my, my wife, who's, you know, you know, handles the money uh, more often than myself, but you know, for her to like, you know, to, uh, for, you know, for getting something like that, I don't know. That's something I would. <laughs> it's essentially the, the way I tell people to think about it is um, it's, it's a merge between the cash in your pocket Mm-hmm. and a stock right and i say i i mentioned the stock because the price goes up and down the value mm-hmm. of it goes up and down um so it's not quite like having money in the bank but over the last couple of years it's like robbing a bank mm-hmm. um yeah because because uh if you had bought or mined um a token mm-hmm. when we were while we were sitting at at ces with Bitcoin, um, it would have been valued at about eleven dollars. <laughs> and today, what was it? Fifty five thousand four hundred something yeah. is what I said. Mm-hmm. So, so that's like robbing a bank. I mean, it's that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but you know, even if you even if you hold it, it's been it's been better than than putting money into a 401k with with the amount of return on it true so you know at some point it's going to crash again and i mean it got to 40 and then it was 10 uh, so we've definitely seen some crashes but you know with more places accepting it i think the peaks and valleys are going to go away you're still going to see some some fluctuation right just like you do with the U, the value of the us dollar right true we just don't necessarily see it because it doesn't go from 40 to 10 in 17 days, but, <laughs> but you know, fluctuations happen in all currencies. So it's a little bit like a stock in that way, but you can spend it. Um, you can have a debit card. There's literally debit cards that you can That's even right. attach to your privacy account 
that are backed by a, a Bitcoin or an Ethereum wallet, and you can spend your coin with a debit card at your local grocery store. So it, it's definitely an interesting merging of technologies. And it's and you th- and you th- and I think that a little more like more and more it's going to be more prevalent. Whereas back you know a few years ago it was like very you couldn't you can only use it trading and and things about nature. But now little little by little you are seeing these uh, you are seeing companies that do accept Bitcoin. Not many, um, but but it's been more but of a, a more but a company as high profile as Tesla as Tesla accepting mm-hmm. it. This right. this could be you know pulling the plug on the on the the floodwaters. Right. This this could be the beginning of something big. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know we'll we'll see. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll see how many more places allow us to take uh, take it directly. Because I'm and I've been watching a particular show a lot, so this phrase you might show up uh, more frequently. And I apologize in advance. I'm old enough to remember. When uh, when the only way to get cash for your Bitcoin was to uh, to look on a website for or some guy's house where you could go and trade cat trade uh, Bitcoin for cash or vice versa because it was just like some dude sitting in his sketchy sketchy house. <laughs> Um, because when we were looking, I I was sitting at Radio Shack at the time, so that aged it out pretty good because I haven't worked at Radio Shack since uh, 2012. So, um, so if uh, we were on a website and we were looking, we're like, oh, how can I get money for? You know, how can I get cash for a for a coin? And you look and it's like, hey, you can go to this address, and I'm like, I'm not going to that address. Mm. I don't have a carry permit. That's not a safe place for me to be. <laughs> oh, I'm so, but and but today, you can literally use your your Bitcoin powered debit card at your local grocery store. I mean, it's a huge difference already, right. and and not having to go through a payment processor like that so that you can use it directly is going to take the cost down, which is going to be a big deal. Okay. Fair enough. Well, well, like I said, we'll we'll see what happens uh, in the uh, weeks and months to come. You know, other news this week: um, the CEOs of Facebook, Twitter, and Google faced Congress yesterday to discuss misinformation to defend the liability shield that help establish their platforms. Um, in a written testimony to the House Energy and Commerce Committee. Um, Facebook's um, Mark Zuckerberg, Twitter's Jack Dorsey, and Sardar Barchai discuss how their platforms reflect the society at large. And there's a lot to unpack, so we're just going to dive in yeah, a tiny bit of it. <laughs> um, it's a big, big topic. It is a big topic. And a lot of the stuff, um, I just basically, we, you know, there's some bullet points. Again, there's a lot to get in, but I'm not gonna, we're not going to go all night with this because it's a lot. Yeah. So we're just going to go over like a few that was uh, that was discussed. Um, Zuckerberg uh, for Facebook. Um, Mark Zuckerberg plans to tell uh, planned uh, to tell Congress that political and hateful content makes up for only a small fraction of what Facebook users see. Political posts account for only about six percent of what U.S. users see in their news feeds, is according to him. And the prevalence of hateful content users see less see is less than zero point zero point zero eight percent hey 
Uh, that's the blood alcohol content level. Right. <laughs> so, um, so you can just barely get drunk on, uh, on hateful speech on Facebook. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Zuckerberg will also outline, he'll outline the steps uh, that Facebook has taken to combat misinformation on the company's platforms around election and COVID-19. Facebook uses um, fact check uses fact checkers to help debunk false information and seeks to crack down on paid spreading spread paid spreading and monetizing false content the company the company um has invested in local news and promoted uh authoritative sources about the virus and vaccine and promoted to promote vetted information um he also um uh, he's also arguing about uh, that uh, that they should be um, assessed on the adequacy of their systems to address unlawful content. Um, according to him, uh, he says what constitutes an adequate system should depend on the fair size of the platform and set by a third party that ensures the practices are fair and clear. Um, he was also talking about uh, how they should reform, uh, how lawmakers should reform to Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Um, he told uh, lawmakers that they should focus on transparency and make, consider making the protection contingent upon companies' ability to meet best practices to prevent the spread of unlawful content. Uh, Jack Dorsey's uh, testimony, um, he was on the, quote, trust deficit exists on tech platforms and beyond. He detailed how Twitter plans to earn a trust of its users by promoting transparency, making the procedures fair, and giving users control over their privacy settings and the algorithms that influence that influence what they see on their platforms. Um, Google Nepachai um, is highly to surface author authoritative sources and combat misinformation about the around election and COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, he plans to, he told lawmakers that he's, quote, concerned that recent proposal to change or repeal the law would backfire on the, uh, will backfire on the stated goals of improving accountability in the platforms. He says um, such proposals will hurt free expression and ability of platforms to take action on harmful posts. So there's a lot, basically, from what I understood also, too, just to, you know. They misunderstand Section 230. Continue. And that's the, uh, yeah, I was just about to say that. Thank you. And also, too, about they're all about, trans, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and and um, uh, Twitter and Facebook and Google, they're all about transparency. Why is it they've been going to these, they've been going to these, they've been testifying to the, these hearings over the past several years. They're all about transparency. They're all about, you know, doing good and putting this content out and, and all of it. All of what he just said was in massive sarcasm quotes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, exactly. So, what is the? I don't get the the okay, need so, for these. So okay, so there, there's an important piece that whenever whenever these three in particular talk about Section 230, but also oftentimes when MSNBC and CNN talk about it, um, less so the other networks, but. Those five uh, seem to misunderstand Section 230. Section 230 is a protection for platforms um, that is an extension of uh, a law protecting uh, AT&T from being considered an accomplice if somebody plans or carries out a crime through their copper. So... So, and I say AT&T specifically because it was 
it was Ma Bell mm -hmm. <laughs> in particular that is the reason why 230 came about. Um, so if if I were to pick up a phone, a regular phone originally, obviously, Section 230 has been around for a long time. So mm -hmm. I pick up a landline and I call you and I say, I'm going to go and I this is hypothetical. We're a news show. All right, YouTube. <laughs> Because you're going to transcribe up. this and you're going to take it out of context. So right. here's here is my you ready you ready YouTube from your transcript. Here is my theoretical situation. I pick up a phone and I call you and I say I'm going to go rob a bank. Can you cover for me? And you say I got you. I'll create a distraction or whatever stupid thing we decide. And then you and I go and we rob the bank. And we carry out this act without section 230 AT&T is part of the conspiracy and they can be held liable as a, uh, as a contributor to our crime for allowing it to happen in their square. Now, obviously AT&T had nothing to do with it, right? There were no people involved, especially after switchboards went digital. I mean, when you've got a quarter inch to quarter inch and there's a person possibly listening to your call, yeah, maybe she's liable for not reporting what you said. Mm -hmm. But as the switchboards went digital, obviously there's no people involved. Nobody knows that we're planning a bank heist. Um, and so how could AT&T possibly be liable as a contributor to our conspiracy? They can't. Mm -hmm. And so Section 230 eventually was extended to internet platforms as a distinct uh, classification versus a publisher. Now, the important part is for 230 to apply, you cannot proactively censor content on your platform because as soon as you start determining what content is and is not allowed, Section 230 no longer applies uh, because you have stopped being a platform and you've started being a publisher. You've started deciding what is and is not acceptable. Uh, and that means that you're looking at content, which was AT&T, Ma Bell's whole argument for 230 was, we're not listening to every call. How could we possibly be liable? The technology doesn't exist for us to listen to every call. Right. Um, and so... So 230 was born, but now we have Facebook and Twitter, Facebook in particular, uh, in this particular uh, summary. You've got Zuckerberg saying that Section 230 should be extended to, to, uh, to push the idea of, of preventing illegal activity, which is fine if you as if you as a company feel that it is your responsibility to police the content in your system, that's fine, but you're not a platform and you've given up the protections of 230. And that is something that I don't think everybody in Congress understands. And, what exactly. is. and when exactly. you hear, yep. especially Hirono, is that her name? Oh, I can't believe she finds the Capitol building every day. Because... <laughs> Because she's a moron. Um, yeah. And she's involved in these conversations. And you can tell that the hamster's running slow during these conversations. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have a clue what's happening. Um, and so. Half them that, don't. 
Half of yeah. them don't. But also, and, and that's the problem, right? Um, we one of the running jokes on F Five Live, and it's literally been a running joke for almost a decade now, um, is that there was a law that was passed by Congress that inadvertently prevented Netflix from having a button on its website to allow you when you finished watching a movie to share on Facebook that you had watched that movie. Now it had nothing to do with Netflix and nothing to do with the internet. Some federal judge had gone to a mom and pop DVD DVD VHS rental place and rented an adult movie. They then reported that to the local news. And so Congress wrote a law that said that, that a, no company can report the rental uh, and watching habits of its customers. Whoop! And now Netflix can't share, can't let you share that you watched a movie on Facebook. <laughs> now that law's gone. But um, they didn't, when, when it came up for talking about dismantling that stupid law, nobody understood. Nobody understood what the law meant or how it applied to Netflix because all they could think about was VHS tapes in the corner shop next to your Publix, right? They they didn't understand the conversation at all. Luckily, somebody talked them into getting rid of it. But this happens all the time. The people, the people that we elect, and it's it's a lot of them, and it's mm-hmm. on both sides because because right. you've got you've got you know Nancy Pelosi who's is super old you, and you've we've we've got it on both sides right that are so old they don't understand these conversations right and and they're the ones making decisions on this stuff and it right. scares me because they're going to think some Zuckerberg's going to convince somebody that this is how 230 works and it's not and it's right. terrifying it's terrifying to know also too and this might go out this may be going out into left field but also too when I, you're I apologize Kirk I need yeah. Two minutes to go deal yeah, yeah. with something off. Yeah, camera. no worries. I apologize. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So um, Scott's gonna. Um, so if you're watching live, if you're listening on the audio, um, Scott had to step away. Um, so he'll be back uh, in a couple of minutes. Um, I was gonna say, well, we'll wait, wait till for um, Scott to come back, but I'm not gonna go out into may go out in left field. But when you're on. Um, when you're posting on Facebook, and I think this is under the First Amendment, where it's free speech, and we're not going to go into politics, so you know and all that, but 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 also too, he's right, you know Scott's right, you know that lawmakers, there's a couple things that I'm kind of curious about because a lot of lawmakers are asking all these questions, and they're asking, you know, they're putting they're putting they're putting Zuckerberg and um, Zuckerberg and Dorsey and Pachai you know, feet to the fire, you know, and they're asking all these questions, you know, but it's like, they're explaining them, they're explaining things to them as, as my, as they're explaining things to, uh, you're okay. Yep. Oh, cool. Okay. So they're explaining things in as best they can, best they can. And I was going to say, I don't know if you heard what I was asking earlier. Um, this may go out into left field, but you know, when you're posting on Facebook about a comment, that's kind of goes towards the first amendment. No, I yeah. mean, section two, I mean, there's section two thirty. I get, I get it. And I know a lot of people get it as well, but, but when yeah. you're, if you agree about something, let's say that I don't like, like, for example, I post on Facebook, I don't like your shirt. 
you know, and, you know, you're going to get like a lot of people or trolls saying, you know, <laughs> you know, sure. Because this has both Star Trek and Star Wars on it together. There's going to be trolls. I get right. it. Right, you know, but I'm a fan, I'll be honest. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of both. Um, that's why people keep teasing me, saying Captain Kirk till the day I told. Yeah, see, so I mean, it's like so. If I have a so if I have a strong opinion about something, and you may have something. I mean, there's a, the saying "agree to disagree," but but also Facebook been going to, especially Facebook, where he's going to Congress. He's gone to Congress over the past two years, maybe if not more, testifying, saying that you know. That we're gonna do, we're gonna try to do all these things. We're gonna make sure that I and they still they still go there, but nothing's like being done. I mean, they're they're taking all this time to do something, but yet they're still testifying and going through this this the circle jerk over the past several yeah. years. So the thing they're trying to do is avoid being classified as a publisher. Um they want to be able to control the narrative on Facebook, mm -hmm. but they also don't want to be classified by the FCC as right. a publisher mm -hmm. and suddenly lose all the protections of 230. Right. They they want all of the benefits, mm -hmm. none of the responsibilities. And that's mm -hmm. what I keep saying. Um, and a lot of people have said that. And a lot of people on both sides have said that because everybody right. hates Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. it's, <laughs> it is the one thing that the left and right can come together on is that right. Facebook sucks. Uh, mm -hmm. and, um, and oh, Zuckerberg in particular sucks, uh, like oh, as a person. And so, <laughs> so, um, he wants the ability to have all the protections of, of a platform, but none of the responsibilities. And one of the responsibilities is that you're supposed to be hands off. If you're a platform, you're hands off. If you're a mm -hmm. publisher, you're hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he, and everybody's doing it. Avram and I have had this conversation a number of times. They want all the benefits, none of the responsibilities, but you either have both or none. Right. Um, you can make the decision that you're going to be the arbiter of truth, mm -hmm. that you're going to decide what is and is not reality. Um, you know, you've got Amazon out there with their digital book burning. It's, <laughs> It's fine. Right. It's a private organization. If you if if that's the way you want to behave, I think it sucks. But mm -hmm. you're a private organization. I guess that's okay. Um, I mean, I guess that's permissible, not mm -hmm. necessarily okay. That's those are different things. Mm -hmm. um, but as soon as you do that, you don't get the pr protections that we as a society said have said as a public square you get. You can be that public square or you cannot, and you, you can't have it both ways. Right. Yeah. I just, I, you know, this has been, been going, again, I, it's been debating. I've been, I've been pitching around a, a bit of a tech rights show uh, in my head for a while, and you're giving me the opportunity to, to do a backdoor pilot right now. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> no, no problem. No, I'll be, and I'm more than happy to jump on it. I'm more than happy to jump on it because they, because they say that, you know they're going and also they're going to try to do things and also being transparent but they should have been transparent from the get-go not go through and also too they and the problem is they're not transparent they exactly. talk about transparency exactly. but then they they heavily you know if you look at the type of content they take down left versus right it's mm -hmm. heavily aimed towards the right 
Um, now, granted, I mean, the far left and the far right are equally bonkers, but in different directions, and they're both problems. Mm. But <laughs> right, agreed, agreed. But when you come come in from those extremes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've basically anything inside of of Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson, right? Let's. Mm-hmm. Let's good example. In, let's come inside of those. Good example. Is both of those are outside of the the normal mental process, I think. So so let's come inside of them. Right. And um you know so when when you're when you're in there more stuff to the right disappears than stuff to the left. Right. At a much higher rate. And even even the le- I mean uh, the New York Times, New York Times, Washington Post. Yeah. Washington, Washington Post. Post wrote an article about how it was absolutely true and it was absolutely the plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think I have to like to think so, that both both sides, I like to think that both sides are wrong. And also too, uh, the lawmakers. And like you said, you, they're in there to, they're there for the people of that particular state and yes. each day, excuse me, excuse me. And to this day, I remember watching when he was, uh, there was a couple lawmakers or let, excuse me, um, were um, asking Zuckerberg all these questions and about YouTube and, you know, and there, and Zuckerberg at one point was looking perplexed and trying so hard. I, it's just like, it was so, I mean, if you watch C-SPAN, I mean, I watch C-SPAN, it's- Where, oh. where you can see, like, he's thinking about putting his hand up. Like, um, <laughs> I don't know if you know who I am. Right. I don't have anything to do with YouTube. Yep. <laughs> I can't exactly. control their policies. I, I mean, we know each other, <laughs> right? But I turned off video embedding from mm-hmm. YouTube years ago, so we're not friends, right? <laughs> it's it's just like it was like watching paint dry, and I had to I had to turn I had to turn it off because I was ready to, I was ready to lose it. Well, I was I ready mean, to like he he doesn't have any human emotions, which <laughs> makes watching him way more difficult. Did you see the meme on Twitter that he looked like oh, data? Yeah. Data. <laughs> oh yeah, you just have to yellow his skin a little bit, and he's there. Yeah, oh, oh, he's funny. a weird dude. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a I weird mean, dude. Obviously autistic. I I don't think there's any question in anybody's mind that he's got Asperger's mm-hmm. at some level, which certainly expl- explains his inability to connect emotionally with the conversation he's having mm-hmm. uh, because that's a that's a key sign of of asperger's um nope. and so so i mean i get it but it doesn't make those hearings more watchable no th- no because yeah because while i was watching it i had i had to stop i was like i was ready to like lose it and throw something at the tv at and... least at least when when uh yeah i love this nickname hipster stalin um and uh, Jack Dorsey, when he, when he's when he's in a hearing, it's fun to watch because he's weird, and well, and he's well, at least connected to what he's saying. <laughs> we also wanted to know. This was also one thing that he was uh, also uh, reported that he wants the world to know that he has a Bitcoin clock, and he had it, the camera pointed just where he can. He was ha- had him on one side and the clock you can see it on his left hand on the left hand side of a clock a bitcoin clock what the hell is a bitcoin clock i don't know i'll, I'll have to pull it up and I'll, I'll have to pull it up I'll, I'll i'll tell you later but apparently he was like he was so adamant about that and 
Weird. Okay. All right. Well, let's not uh, delve too far down the rabbit hole. Uh, um, pharmacies using prescription delivery service script drop will deliver medications to customers through Uber. Uber will be the default delivery service for a script drop pharmacies in 37 states and will eventually expand to others. The service uh, lets pharmacies offer prescription deliveries for patients. The tool can integrate with whatever organizational software the pharmacies normally use to keep track of prescriptions. Uh, Amanda Epp, um, ScriptDrop CEO, says in a statement, quote, being able to combine ScriptDrop's integrated interface with Uber's technology means that pharmacies of all sizes will be better equipped to improve prescription adherence and serve the most vulnerable other communities. Cool. All right. Other news, T-Mobile. It it's important to know that some prescriptions cannot be delivered by them. True. Because I had to go pick up my parents' prescription during uh, while they had coronavirus because something about what was prescribed uh, could not be delivered by them. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, cool. All right, very good. All right, so other news this week, T-Mobile is bringing more perks to Metro customers. The company is opening up its T-Mobile Tuesdays program to prepaid users. It offers weekly exclusive and freebies from Pandora and SiriusXM, Redbox, Duncan, and many other companies. The latest bonus for eligible T-Mobile, Sprint, and Metro customers is a free season-long subscription to MLB TV. The hey, they're bringing that back. Mm-hmm. They the offered that last year, too. Uh, there, the subscription includes streams of every out of market game for all MLB teams, along with on demand content and some spring training games. You'll get that through the T Mobile app between 5 a.m. Eastern Time on March 30th, which is the coming week, and 4 59 a.m. on April 6th. Cool. All right. Uh, in video streaming news, well, it's not really video streaming. Um, Regal, what's that? I can't figure out what this thing was showing while he was on on his <laughs> it's on the left-hand corner it's on the oh i see. On... oh I, see. I definitely see it and i've been oh, okay. to the company's website okay. i understand what it is i don't know what number it's showing yeah i have to look at i have to look at I it think, too i think it must be the number of uh, coins that are in circulation yeah it's 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 in really dark numbers i'll have to I'll look at it later um regal cinemas has announced it'll reopen u.s theaters on april 2nd with the release of Warner Brothers Godzilla vs. Kong, as reported from Deadline. That'll be followed up on April 16th with New Lions Mortal Kombat. The chain's parent, Cineworld, has also struck a deal with Warner Brothers to show its 2021, 2021 releases at the same time, released on HBO Max. Starting in 2022, Cineworld will have a 45-day exclusivity window before titles are released on streaming services. Uh, Cineworld CEO... Okay, this guy must get teased a lot. Uh, Mookie Grindiger told Variety in a statement, quote, <laughs> Oh, that poor, poor person. I, know. I must get must get teased relentlessly. Um, he says, or she, I don't know if it's a male or female, um, quote, we are very happy with for the agreement with Warner Brothers. This agreement shows the studio's commitment to theatrical businesses, business, excuse me, and we see this agreement as an important milestone in our 100-year relationship with Warner Brothers. So theaters are back opening, slowly but surely, and um, so it's good on... Um, I'm not sure about the movie, but that's me. <laughs> all right. So we it's, are all. So the response that I've seen 
on this has been interesting because obviously a lot of people were ex- were enjoying the same day launch mm-hmm. on uh, HBO Max and uh, and theaters, and this definitely signals the end of that 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 mm-hmm. they're not going to continue that going forward. And a lot of people were kind of hoping that they would, <laughs> um, but obviously. And, and, and Avram and I have talked about this uh, a couple of times. The idea of what a movie theater is might be about to shift. Um, we think we might go back to um, more the the palace theater versus the the megaplex, mm-hmm. um, where you've got one or two screens, and if you want to see it in the theater, you're going to have a window to see it, and then it's going to bounce off to whatever other options streaming or dvd or you know whatever other options there are um and that's kind of been our pitch is that you know your big 24 28 32 screen megaplexes might be a thing of the past Hmm. um or they might start to repurpose some of those screens in south korea they've been using them for for esports with Hmm. a lot of luck Hmm. um so we might start seeing that and this suggests with a 45 day window instead of you know your normal like six month window uh that this suggests that maybe that is going to be the future of, of uh, theatrical releases. To be uh, honest, my... Moshi, by the way, is uh, his real first name. He's an Israeli, Israeli businessman. He goes by Mookie because uh, Moshi is probably, when you look at it, it doesn't M-O-S-H-E. You may not necessarily get that right. So he goes by okay. Mookie. Okay, and fair, fair. as an Israeli businessman, it may not sound as weird as it does to you and i okay <laughs> it's th- it's still <laughs> yeah i imagine he gets teased uh, let's see i I'm, I'm here for background tonight <laughs> right yep just filling it filling it filling in i'm i'm glad for me i haven't my wife and i and my daughter because we usually go out you know on the weekends occasionally to see the movies and we haven't seen a movie literally since last march um and my daughter, who um, who has who has autism, doesn't understand the doesn't understand um, certain things. What happens in the world, and we have to explain things to her. I'd imagine the lockdown has been a confusing situation. Yeah, yeah, it has. Um, so it's been. So we're trying to like show explain things to her about different things, but it's. Yeah. it's but she understands it. Um, but we have to explain things in, in very minute, small detail. Um, but for the most part, I you know. Being, because going when you go into a movie theater, you know you're in, getting the the way expensive uh, popcorn. <laughs> of course, we, you know, you know, um, we try to sneak it in, but that's not. I wouldn't recommend doing that. <laughs> Sneaking in candy, um, <laughs> so I would not recommend that. That's just that's what I do. But hopefully, people are not watching this. I don't get busted. <laughs> but you know, you go in for the YouTube, You misheard that, right? <laughs> right. So YouTube, if you're listening to this. Please don't take us down. <laughs> you misheard what he said. I promise. Right. right. <laughs> but um, but just going to like the, enjoy the experience. You know, the big screen. You know, the surround sound. Um, you know, watching the coming attractions. You, you're like, you know, you're. It's a getaway. So, and a lot of people nowadays are so are just like you know to want to attempt it. They figure, well, it's on HBO Max. You know, and I can 
watch it at home, but I don't have that. I don't have the full theater experience. I mean, sure, you'll have the, some people have the widescreen TVs and what have you, but it's not really the same. Um, so I don't know if the shift is going to go. If they're going to, I'm just curious what's going to happen. You know, six months from now, where, you know, where it's going to where it's going to end up. You know, are they going to? Is it people going to be still stuck at home on their on their couches? You know, sitting on their butt. <laughs> you know, uh, watching a movie, or are they are they daring to go? Me personally, once this is almost done, <laughs> that's the first thing we're gonna do. <laughs> like, I'm gonna tell my hunt, like, hunt, <laughs> we're going to see a movie. I don't care yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah, I. So, so I think, I think the in the future we're gonna see like a split. You're gonna see the idea of direct to DVD, right? Which has always been. Um, always been a, a sign of failure. Um, I don't think it will be anymore because I mean, you've got, you've got things like stranger things, right. Mm-hmm. That big budget, possibly better viewership than it ever could have had on television. Right. right. So going direct to video isn't necessarily, you know, a sign of failure today. Um, in fact, you know, a lot of a lot of people clamor for an agreement with with Netflix or Amazon, um, but then there's stuff that is made for the big screen, mm-hmm. right? Avengers Endgame would have been disappointing to see the first time on a small screen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now I've seen it many times on the small screen, right? But not the first time. <laughs> mm-hmm. The first time was on the big screen because that experience is very different. Exactly, um, and exactly. you know some things can benefit from that, and some things benefit from a more intimate experience. And you know the idea of the the small theater might might come back. We have um, the uh, Clearwater Cinema Cafe, which is not quite the same thing as like Movie Studio Grill. I don't know if I'm still here mm-hmm. because you have stopped moving, and that could mean. Several things. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay, we're back. All right. We're back. <laughs> um, so we have this. We have a Clearwater Cinema Cafe, which isn't quite the same as a Studio Movie Grill because it's way smaller, um, and it's a more intimate thing. There's you know, up front. There's tables, um, and that's fun for different movies. Again, that's not where I would go see Endgame. Right. But there's a lot of stuff that I have seen there that I like better and that more intimate. And then some stuff is more intended for uh, watching at home because mm-hmm. I appreciate the fact that on the 4th of July at 3 AM, I turned on stranger things and I watched it until it was done because <sighs> I have a problem, but that's okay. I understand okay. <laughs> it's a, it's a 10 hour movie. I get it. Y'all complain about the Snyder cut of, uh, of justice league being four hours but you'll we many of us sat down and watched stranger things straight through anyway um i i think there's going to be that split where there's some stuff for big some stuff for medium and then some stuff for home i think that's going to become a more common thing and i think it's good i i think that that split will create uh you know um will bring back that more intimate style of movie, which has kind of been lost in the last couple of decades. So I think that's a good thing. All right. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Other news this week. Now we all know that 
streaming services have raised their prices, Hulu, Netflix, and so on, so on, so forth. Well, you can add Disney Plus to that list. Um, Disney Plus subscribers based in the U.S. will have to pay $7.99 a month or $80 per year. The new pricing for Disney Plus is a $1 increase, while the Disney Bundle, which includes streaming access to Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus, will also be impacted, increasing from $12.99 per month to $13.99 per month for ad support, or from $18.99 per month to $19.99 per month for the plan with ad-free Hulu. So, And that went into effect today. Yep, today. As we're well, not as we're early. Well, the today as not we're recording, but it probably was, three a.m. Right. <laughs> so yeah. So if you see a charge on your credit card bill and you're wondering why, well, there you go. According to Deadline, Discovery Plus has tapped the real wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, to narrate its upcoming documentary, tentatively titled GameStop. <clears throat> excuse me, the Wall Street Hijack. The film is being described as a David versus Goliath story that focuses on the social media uprising. Will appear in the UK. Will appear will premiere in the UK on April eighth before making its way overseas. It follows the Hulu documentary GameStop from ABC News, which debuted earlier this month. Uh, Belfort says, "Quote: I have found some very creative ways to make money on Wall Street, but I've got to say personally, I love the fact that everyone now has the ability to organize and give the Wall Street players a run for their money." And I don't know if you all, if you saw GameStop. Um, I saw the documentary on Hulu. I highly recommend watching it. It was a great. It's a timeline of what happened with the um, with the with with GameStop and and how the stock went up and down and people were. It was a very good, I recommend, it's on Hulu right now. It's called GameStop. It's on um, from ABC News. I really enjoyed it. It was really good. I could probably do my own based on the information in my head, mm-hmm. which makes me sad. <laughs> I don't like when I end up knowing a story that intimately. It's like this NFT thing. I don't want to know as much about it as I do right now, and mm-hmm. I'm going to end up knowing more because I feel like I don't know anything. Right. <laughs> um, YouTuber Mr. B said last year that he wants a way to invest in up and coming creators, help them blow up and get a cut of their business returned. And today, <coughs> excuse me, he announced a plan that is doing just that. His real name is Jimmy Donaldson. He's working with a $2 million investment fund. <coughs> Excuse me. That will offer creators up to two hundred, up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars in exchange for a stake in our channels. The fund is called Juice Funds. It's part of a new company that Donaldson is a minority or minority over minority owner of called Creative Juice, which was announced in the information. Um, he told the information, "quote We're going to make sure we find creators that actually need a giant cash inflow and aren't just trying to buy and just and aren't trying to buy a." and aren't just trying to go buy a Lamborghini. Yeah. Um, He's one of the biggest creators on YouTube. Um, He has nearly 56 million subscribers and gets tens of millions of views per video. His most recent one posted a week ago already has 35 million views. Um, He's known for, I've seen his videos. He had um, a 2000 gallon cereal bowl, games, away cars, houses. It's part of videos. Um, so, um, so Mr. Beast, if you're watching, if you're, <laughs> we'll post up on Twitter later. <laughs> and I don't think I follow him yet, but if you're watching or know someone's watching him, 
we're more than happy to uh, invest in, yeah. in us. We're, we're happy to talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. And lastly, in the speaking of the um, speaking of Netflix earlier, and I'm going to go back to my screen. We're going to do this very quick. Um, over on, um, this is from CNET. We'll have the link up on the show notes. Every new movie and show on Netflix in April. And I did not scare my screen. There we go. This is this show is going. You didn't scare your screen, right? <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, there we go. Um, so April first, uh, twenty twelve. Cop out. Really I'd gone. like to point out that uh, Leprechaun is a little too too little too late because <laughs> it's a Leprechaun. It's too little. Anyway. <laughs> but it's the wrong month. Why are you right. getting in April? Get it ready for next year. Mm-hmm. Prank Encounter season two. Okay, I'm not gonna lie, super excited about that one. Okay, that's uh, hosted by one of the kids from Stranger Things, and uh, it's basically just him doing a prank show. It's pretty wonderful because he shows up and they're like, "Well, this was weird because you're the kid from Stranger Things." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, April 2nd. I don't know what these movies are. Oh, shows. No, that, not a great sign, is it? Right. right. <laughs> I've, I'm excited about one thing so far, and we're into April 2nd. Right. That's not great. Okay. Kid- I don't know what that is, but that's, <laughs> that sounds like it could be funny if it's intended to be funny. Hmm. Last Kids on Earth, Happy Apocalypse to you. That sounds like it could be funny. Now, yep. watch it be a serious thing. Mm. That'll make me sad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What an uninteresting month. Yeah, this is uh, really bad. <laughs> this is disappointing. <laughs> There's nothing. There's no. nothing coming to Netflix this month. Yeah, that's a little... Want want? <laughs> Have we ever had something like this where no. we're just scrolling through, going, "I don't care about any of this"? No, this is. I think it's a first. I think we're going to mark our calendars on market calendar. Life in color with David Attenborough. Anything that David Attenborough does is worth watching. Mm-hmm. He's the BBC's uh, nature guy, right? Heroes, Silence, and Rock and Roll. This is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna like get out of this here because this is <laughs> depressing. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's, depressing. It's, it's bad. <laughs> I'm looking at. I'm even going down. It's and leaving. Um, leaving Netflix. Um, it's. It's just as bad. <laughs> <We're> just bad. <laughs> Wow. It's been a long time since we've done one of these and we've looked at it and gone, all right, well, there's something finally. Thank God there's one thing on there I care about. Right. There's a few that I was that I was intrigued as well, but yeah, I have it I have it on my on my um watch list, but yeah, this is that what's leaving what's leaving what's leaving Netflix on April twentieth is Paul Blart. <laughs> so if you want to jump on watching <laughs> Paul Blart, do it before April 28th before it goes away. You've got just shy of a month. Uh, all right. And finally, this week. Um, now, here's something, Scott, that I know you're not going to give up. 
Reviews.org is a company that tests home services and products and is holding a 24-hour digital detox challenge. They'll pay their chosen challengers over two grand, actually $2,400, to survive a whole day without screens. I can do it. You can do it? I'd be happy to do it. But for $2,400? More more than I'd make doing the show. (laughs) Good point. Good point. Touche. (laughs) Touche. The company wrote, writes on its website, quote, um, where the, and it closes today. Um, so if we were, either, I'll, we'll have a link up in the show notes so you can fill it out, fill the form out. If you got, the, it says, quote, if you got the desire to ditch your devices for a day, but still need to get paid, this is the perfect opportunity to, for you. Um, the, the company is asking some discerning questions like, for example, quote, have you always wanted to win reality competitions like America Ninja Warrior? But you've been too busy to beat Mario Kart and Mortal Kombat instead. Do you know a little too much about your old acquaintances from social media? Um, according to the company, <laughs> according to the company, um, the ideal candidate is someone who is quote definitely into tech and up for a challenge. Um, it's it's the really from what the saying it's really involved with it because those um, selected for a challenge will not let to switch off their phones for a day. But also television, gaming, computers, smartwatches, and smart home devices. Um, they say that you microwaves can use my- are still okay. Okay, right. <laughs> it's funny because I—that's the only thing on the list I don't use. There you go. Right. The challengers will receive safes to store electronics for in for twenty-four hours, along with a two hundred-dollar Amazon gift card to put together a tech-free survival kit. There's the uh, reviews.org is saying that you can use a typewriter, place computers, writing paper to replace text, and brushes, paints and brushes to replace the fine art of the selfie. Um, challengers will have to review the survival kit uh, and get feedback on the experience after completing a challenge, but they'll do so while holding the coveted quote 2020, uh, 2021 digital detox challenge title. Um, now again, the link that shown us it closes today as we record. Um, so, um, there's asking a lot, some information, a hundred word question on why you're right for a challenge and the winners will be announced on the company's YouTube page on March 29th. So I, for $2,400, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm on my work computer. I'm on my smartphone morning, noon, night. Um, so I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> But you would, but I'm I, in. I, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm 100% in. Me. I'm going to go apply. <laughs> I'm going to go apply. I've got a stack of books that I've been wanting to read. And this gives me the opportunity to just sit in my chair and read my books. Okay. All right. I'm surprised. <laughs> I was surprised. I'm surprised. I thought you were going to, you were not going to do it, but. Oh, I'm, I'm on the page right now. Are you really? <laughs> if you get selected. And you, if you get selected, you got to let us know on the next episode or. Um, oh, absolutely! You I, have to let you have to let us know. Let me let us know. I would love to, and DM me, you know, about it. You know, um, as soon as soon as I hear, as soon as you hear, because I definitely want to. I definitely this is gonna be interesting because I could, because you have a lot of tech. I mean, you have tech yeah. out of the, you know, coming out of your ears. I mean, yeah, not, you know that. I'd have to, but. I would almost certainly have to live in my kitchen, bedroom, and living room. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the office and studio would be a hundred percent off limits. Exactly. Yep. Because <laughs> let's see: one, 
two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There are nine screens pointed at me right now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, ten. I'm sorry. And then one, two, three, four cameras pointed at me. <laughs> oh, plus, plus I've got my stream deck, which technically has four, six tiny little screens on it. So that's pointed at me too. Oh my goodness. See, I just, I'm, I know, this yeah, I know you. Because... <laughs> I'm color me surprised. I, okay. Well, I'm going to, I, I'm rooting for you, man. If you, I, if I'm rooting I'm for you. I'm not going to lie. It seems like I would be, oh, there's another camera. Sorry. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I forgot about the one for doing unboxings. It's way up on the ceiling. Um, I, it seems like I would be a fun candidate for this, right? Yeah. I literally host a tech TV show. Right. Several. Several. <laughs> Several. Yes. I, I seem like the kind of person who would be perfect for this for, you know, 24 hours. You can't, touch any of the things that power your company right that, that's crazy all but right it's what my day looks like when i'm flying to ces mm -hmm. right that's true so you're basically without tech there because what do you that's my opportunity to read a book honestly mm -hmm. going to and from las vegas for ces going to and from toronto for collision that's when i read that's my that's my most productive reading time <laughs> Oh boy, we're we're gonna definitely tune in, uh, tune into the um, tune in to see, and definitely I, I'm tell I would love to. This would be interesting to, to see if you win because I'm something tell me you're the ideal candidate. You are the ideal candidate because I because I was looking on their on their website and there's like a lot of questions on there, and I'm thinking he's not gonna he's not gonna do this. Not not he's there's no way he's gonna do this. He's so heavily integrated in tech from one end of the spectrum to the other. So again, color me surprised. Color. I could have I could have a couple of friends come over and have a board game day. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm an abacus to replace your phone's calculator. I'm oh, sorry, man. you had you had some fun stuff in your list, but you missed the best one. <laughs> <laughs> they they do specifically call out having books uh, yep. on here, though. I saw that. Yep. Oh my goodness. All right. And on that note, <laughs> as oh, yeah. Scott is and all you have to do is schedule a uh an Uber Eats delivery uh the day ahead so you mm -hmm. don't Stock up. so you don't violate. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Well, with that, um wish Scott good luck um because uh, he's gonna he something tells me he's gonna be he's gonna be in it uh that is the tech news for this week for friday march 26 2021 thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode show notes from this episode can be found at gncweekly.com also be sure to check out the latest tech news and commentary from geeknewscentral.com and be sure to tune in mondays and thursday evenings at geeknewscentral.com slash live for the Geek New Central podcast. And then be sure to watch and tune in on uh, on gncweekly.com slash live Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Programming note, um, next Friday uh, is um, April uh, April 3rd, uh, excuse me, April 2nd. So we're going to be off for the Easter holiday. Uh, we'll, be back, um, we'll be back Friday um, 
April 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, gncweekly.com slash live. Um, so be sure to like and subscribe to the GNC WI or channel on YouTube. Also, make sure to click on a bell and select always for notifications so you will not miss the next episode. Also, be sure to share this episode to people that you know so they can check the podcast as well. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to tune in with Scott and Abram Pilch on F5 Refreshing Technology Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern time at f5live.tv slash join us. You have comments on this week's episode. We'd love to hear from them. Also, we're looking for those pictures as well um, for Pet Rock. Um, head on over to gncweekly.com slash connect, and you can connect via email, Twitter, or Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm at Kirk Corliss. Scott is on Twitter at Triple T M A O with your uh, good luck and best wishes. Till the next episode of GNC Week in Review. So long. Ciao.